following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. The Tip of the Cap podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports, your number one source for quality sports gear. Stinger Sports, look great, feel great, play great. Visit them today online at www.stingerwoodbats.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Tip of the Cap podcast. I am here with John Liberti. And John, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you, Derek? Thanks for having me on. Oh, good. Glad to have you. Always, always glad to have new guests. Uh, so let's start this off the way I start all my, uh, all my episodes off with new guests. Uh, why don't you tell us about yourself, where you're from, um, where you come from in the game of baseball, and where you're at now. Uh, the game of baseball to me has is, is sort of become a profession uh, over the past couple of years. Um, I, uh, I went to school, I played golf. Baseball was never really a thing that I, I thought I, I was going to see myself doing in the future. Um, but I got an opportunity with uh, Coach Lyle Evans um, a long time ago when my brother played uh, for his team for the Thunderwolves. I helped out uh, in the dugout um, and I started to like you know, being around baseball as a coach and as an instructor. Um, and I sort of took a, took a liking to, to researching about, you know, youth baseball and, and, and getting the most out of youth, youth, youth baseball players as a whole. Um, and uh, I then got a job at North Tonawanda High School under Coach Neil Turvey. Um, when he was the varsity coach there as the modified coach, I spent two seasons there. Um, I really enjoyed my work at North Tonawanda and I got, uh, I got the varsity job the next year, um, after Neil had, had left the program, um, spent one year there, uh, during the summers, I, I coached for the North Tonawanda Americans. It was an independent travel team, um, out of North Tonawanda, New York. And, uh, a year after that, uh, coach Jeff Semecki, um, hired me on at, at, with the Thunderwolves. Um, and it was a move that I, uh, you know, that I thank myself for doing every single day. It's a phenomenal program. They do phenomenal things for, for youth baseball in the area. Um, you know, and, and, and it's a joy going to work every single day. Gotta love that. You know, the, that, that, that's up there with that whole idea that if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I can tell you that I am jealous because I do not love what I do as a day job. But uh, so we are here to, you know, you're, uh, you're kind of the longtime listener, first time caller type thing here. And we, my last few episodes of late have been kind of talking about the the state and the future of high school and or travel baseball in specifically Western New York, but in New York as a whole too. Um, and I think one of the, one of the first things, I mean, let's let's dive right into it. In in your opinion, uh, where where do you see the state of let's let's say high school baseball to start? Uh, where do you where do you see that in you know in the world right now? Um, and it's, it's the, the most difficult question to ask is where do you see anything in the future right now? Um, and uh, it changes on a, an hourly, you know, minute basis. It's, uh, it's definitely a weird time. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you from before pre-COVID, uh, high school baseball in the area of, of Western New York was starting to really shine um, as sort of a power area for baseball players to come out of. Um, when I played high school baseball back in 2012, 2013, um, it was, uh, it, the baseball was good um, and it was competitive, but I, I think, you know, th- we might be living in a world of specialization um, and guys are starting to focus on baseball a little earlier, maybe in their high school careers than they used to. 
but this this was a this was a specific year that I thought was going to be awesome for high school baseball with Medina baseball having a lot of guys that you know can really get the job done. They went we went for a long run last year. Roy Hart was really good. Uh, Kenmore West always gives Niagara Weefield a run for the money, um, and uh, and obviously Weefield had a lot of depth on their team. So, like I said, this year was going to be a, a really cool year of high school baseball to watch. Um, and you, you can only hope that it continues when, when high school starts back up and allows us to play sports again. Yeah, I can tell you, I know I was always, I was looking forward to this year with, uh, with my guys over at Lancaster, you know, we had, a had a couple older guys that were, you know, we were lo really looking to make big impacts this year. And we had a lot of young guys that people maybe don't, didn't necessarily know about. I probably, probably, they probably know about a few of them now, but, uh, you know, since, you know, the summer organizations have been able to play a little bit. But, you know, being, being an ECIC one, it's always, it, you know, it's always a dogfight up there with, you know, the, the great teams that are up there, the Clarence, the Orchard Park, Will North, you know, all the, all these guys just pump out studs every year. And it's, it's insane to see, but, um, you know, just from being, you know, my, my first year in the ranks of high school coaching was, was in 2012. And I can tell you that, you know, I've had teams that, you know, the overall talent from top to bottom and depth and across the board is, is skyrocketed. You know, every, every team had one really, really good guy, two or three solid guys, and then you were filling with athletes. Now it feels like, you know, I mean, I can tell you that almost every year there's a kid that, you know, we, we cut that might have the ability to play college baseball. But, you know, when you're talking having multiple D1 commits and, you know, you know, a lot of schools around here have had guys drafted and stuff. The depth is just insane. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the travel baseball in the area and the summer programs because everybody's playing year-round now, you know, starting with fall ball, at, you know, after their season and then diving right into winter workouts and practices. And then, you know, by the time they come to us in high school, they're close to mid-season, you know. Um, so what what's your take now on – Let's just go travel ball as a whole right now. Just you know, not not necessarily COVID related or with the shortened season. Just as a whole, um, you know, I, I did a little bit of research a little while back, and I think there's something along the lines of 35 teams at almost every age group, and that's just the ones that you know a quick five minute Google search turned up. Travel baseball um, as a whole is uh, it's, I'm trying to think of the right word. I, it's, definitely, it's definitely trending upwards as far as uh, participation. Um, and myself having played in like house recreational leagues up until I was the age of 13 or 14 years old. Um, and those were really good leagues. Uh, th those, they had the best players in the area come out to the same field every single day. Um, you knew you were playing at seven o'clock against the green team, but the green team had the shortstop from your high school team, you know, the pitcher from the high school next door. And it was always great rivalries. Um, and then you had sort of one select team out of there and then maybe, you know, an, a really elite travel team in your area. And that was it. Um, now I, I, you know, for better or for worse, I think it's uh, you know, it, it's a product of the times to where, you know, everyone is a travel baseball player now and, and it's just, it's not necessarily watering down the competition, but it's just put, it's putting it in different places. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's giving everybody an opportunity to see where they actually stand in the game of baseball right now. And some, some people, you know, find that out early on. Some people find that out later on. Um, 
but uh, I, I think travel baseball is good right now, um, especially in the Buffalo area. There's a lot of programs that are doing it the right way. Um, like I said, uh, you know, I, you know, working for the Thunderwolves, I know that they, you know, Coach Zemecki and, and Ryan Wayne, both the owners of the program, they spend so much time making sure that every, every kid in our program from ages 9U, 10U, um, all the way up to the Showcase program has every single opportunity to not only develop, but to play the most competitive baseball that they can. Um, and there's a lot of programs like that in the area. You know, you just, uh, you always hope for the best when a new team springs out of nowhere that they have the guidance and, and the, the ambition uh, in the right spot. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and that, I think that's the thing that I've, I've seen a lot of commentary and I'm not going to, I'm not going to dive into specifics of who said what and you know, everything else. And then, cause I, I do agree with some of it that to some extent, you know, quote unquote, elite select baseball has become the new town ba uh, house league baseball. And there is some truth to that. You know, when you see teams out there that are B and C level teams, uh, I can tell you, I heard one of the more interesting ones this year. Uh, I was coaching at a, we called it our future legends clinic uh, for Lancaster. It was through the little league and we had a kid come up to us. You know, we grouped kids just into groups of 10 or 12 and tried to do it by, you know, age and size. And there was a kid who was 12 who got grouped with mostly 11 year olds. And his dad was up in arms because he was a travel league player. And, you know, you come to find out from the guys in the league, like, well, yeah, he, he's on our 12, you travel D team. And I went, I'm sorry, your travel D team, like number four. And I think that's where some of it gets a little bit of a bad rep because there are teams out there that do that, that are a glorified house ball team that just plays other teams from town, like other towns that are kind of in the same boat. You know, and that, at that point, you know, cut two of those teams, make a house league, and do it the right, do it that way. You know, save people time and money. But at the same token, you have the guys that you know. Well, my son plays travel, so you know, that that's you know, and that becomes the bait of my existence as a high school coach of like, yeah, you and everybody else at this tryout plays travel baseball, so that doesn't mean much anymore. Um, you know, tell me, it's it's more of the who you play for, and we're not going to dive into that part, but. Now, this year was obviously very interesting with the global pandemic or plandemic or scam or whatever your political views align you with. We're not going there either. But it was very interesting based on just there was no high school season. Um, varsity teams had a week, and that was it. And then we got shut down. And then sometime in was that May or late May, early June, like there was, you know, some teams went to like Ohio to get some practices outdoors in and stuff like that. And then, you know, it was kind of like tournaments getting canceled and just things getting moved around and pushed around. How, how, how stressful was that this year? Uh, there's two types of stress, um, stress of, of the future and stress of the unknown um, and, and stress of the unknown sometimes can take over. And, and that's the biggest thing this year. Um, and I see it more from parents uh, than anybody uh, than anyone else. But the biggest thing to remember is is that we're all in the same boat. Every every player is in the same boat. We've all been dealt the same hand. Um, so when all the cards are laid down on the table, it's not like anybody's going to have any sort of advantage to the house. Um, it's uh, it, it's definitely a weird situation, and it was very stressful, and it is still very stressful. Um, you know, people are. People are uh, fearing the unknown, um, what, what, what their future is going to look like in a year, what their future is going to look like next week. Um, and uh, the, the hardest thing about it was, is, was actually following all the rules and making sure that we didn't 
you know, put ourselves uh, and our players and our coaching staff in a position to, to harm ourselves, um, to become sick or, or to, um, to sort of further the progress of, of the pandemic, um, if you will. But um, what we did is we made sure that everyone was in compliance and, and we, uh, we found practice time and we could. Uh, we traveled where we could. Um, and we played the best type of baseball that we could play. Um, and sometimes that meant playing ourselves as an organization. Um, I know our showcase team with the Thunderbolts has 30 guys on it, and we played ourselves many times. It's always been good games. Uh, the guys on that team are, are all competitors, all athletes, all looking to play at the next level. Um, and they, uh, they did a nice job, like I said, with the hand that they were dealt. They played it the best they could, and it's still going on, and, and we still have opportunities for them, and, and it's up to them to, take, to get the most out of it. Awesome. Uh, I know that there were a few teams, at least one that I know of for sure, that ran into the issue of they were actually heading to a tournament in Ohio, and they were probably between an hour or so from crossing the Ohio state line and got word that Ohio had been added to the, you know, we'll call it the no-fly list. And they had to, like, call every – like, pull over, call everybody, turn around. Did you, did you guys run into anything like that this year where you had to, like, turn around mid-trip because you couldn't get somewhere? Ohio, uh, a couple weeks earlier than it was added to the list. Um, we had had a trip planned, um, again, a couple weeks out from when it was added onto the list. It was just another road bump. We had to, you know, figure it out and, and you know, come up with a tournament to go elsewhere. Um, we ended up staying local, participating in the West Seneca tournament. Um, that was a great time for us. But uh, like I said, it, um, Ohio did a nice job. Um, while they could, and it's unfortunate that, that circumstances led to them not being able to host teams anymore, but um, they did a nice job, and, and all the tournaments there were well run, and uh, I think it gave a lot of opportunity to, to local tournaments um, just to get more teams and, and to get uh, more consolidated competition, and um, that's what we had to turn to, and like I said, a bump in the road, and we just had to change our plans. You know, I think that's uh, one of the things that's really telling to the state of baseball as a whole in this area is the ability to, you know, in, in the past, and I've, I've talked about this a few times um, on different episodes, where the idea of what we now know as just travel baseball, it started with the town concept where each town had a team, and if you were good enough to make it, you made it. If you weren't, you didn't, and you just played house ball. And then one team started as a regional group, and just wiped the floor with everybody because it had everyone's best player. And, you know, then a second team sprung from that and then a third. And now, again, we're up, upwards of in the 30s of, you know, at each age group. And, you know, the fact that if, if it wasn't for something like that, if it wasn't for the growth that the game has seen in this area, you would struggle to see the ability for a team, like say there was one team that was just head and shoulders above everybody. Everyone was kind of in their town kind of playing what we'll call like, you know, little, like little league world series rules where you got to be inside the district and you can't expand outside of that. But, but then there's one team that does that. And I can tell you that I played against that original uh, Inferno team that had the Noak brothers and all those guys on it, that half that team played D one four or five guys played in the pros. Uh, the guys who didn't all went D two or D three, every single guy on that team played college baseball somewhere. You know, our team wasn't bad. And they beat us by probably 30 runs almost every time we played them because they were just that much better. And, you know, in, I, I couldn't imagine a team like that being stuck in this area on a year like this. Like, and again, this has never happened before, so obviously it wasn't an issue. But, um, you know, looking back, like 
I couldn't fathom that team not being able to go and play better competition out of the area and out of the state because they couldn't travel. And then just, oh, we're just going to beat the tar out of everybody we play. Like, can we start begging teams to put, like, all right, you two, you two, you two, you two, and you five all get together and play us because we need better. Um, you know, that didn't have to happen this year. That, you know, like I said, I, I, know, I know that West Seneca, uh, I believe it was the West Seneca Warriors Showcase Tournament got put together in the span of, what, three weeks maybe? And got put together and got, and from what I heard, was a great event. You know, I, I wanted to get out and watch a little bit myself. My work schedule you know, dictated that I wasn't able to do so. But, uh, you know, I heard that was a great event. They're doing now like a fall showcase in, what, this weekend, I believe? Yeah. This weekend, uh, again, it's going to be a phenomenal event. Um, they changed the format a little bit. They're giving us, giving us another pool play game, which is awesome. Um, there's nothing more uh, – there's nothing better than, than playing more baseball right now. And, and that's, that was something that was difficult to understand at first during the pandemic. It was, uh, you know, we didn't, we might not have wanted to play the tournaments um, that we wanted to, or we might not have gotten to play high school baseball, but there was a period of time where, you know, it was difficult to go down to your local gas station and, and, you know, find the things that you needed. And it was difficult to, you know, go and, and at, even play catch with someone or go to your friend's house. Uh, so, you know, the, the fact that we were playing baseball at all this summer is, is, it was a blessing. And um, it, it's, it's awesome to see, uh, it's awesome to see the Warriors put on two phenomenal events like this. Uh, we're excited to be a part of it. Um, one of the, one of the Thunderwolves teams um, won the first tournament. It was a, we got to see it all the way down to the finish. Um, it was at the Pew high school, which is an awesome facility. Uh, they take great care of that field over there. And, uh, and Mark Vogel did a great job, um, you know, obviously planning the tournament being on time with all the scheduling and, and umpires and, and they all did a phenomenal job. I'm just looking forward to it, to it again. And, and, you know, it's, it was crazy how well it was put together with, uh, with the lack of time that he had to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in my opinion, that's one of the things that's kind of been the silver lining of the dark cloud of this whole thing is you've seen, you've seen baseball in this area as a whole up its game. Um, you know, you saw, High school coaches have to get creative at the start of this thing where we were being told, hey, we might start next week. Hey, we might start next week. Hey, we might start in, you know, you know, I, I know we shut down, but we're going to start up April 1. All right, we're going to start up April 15. Like, we had to get creative and find ways to keep kids active and keep kids going just in case. You know, and you, I, know I know that a lot of the summer travel guys did the same thing. Um, you know, then you saw guys, you know, people had to step up their game to find better – Ways to just play good baseball. And again, some bad baseball is better than no baseball, but good baseball is better, obviously. And, you know, you had a bunch of guys that came together and found ways to make that a reality, whether it was playing the same team 19 times throughout the two months that we've had to put this together, you know, whether like, you know, you guys breaking down and doing inner squad stuff, you know, whatever it was, it, it made people kind of test their metal a little bit to expand the game in this area. And I, if you want my honest opinion, I think come next year, this it, uh, you're, it, we're going to be better for it, you know, because obviously we don't know what's going to happen going forward. But, you know, if, if, if next year looks even somewhat close to normal, I think you're going to see a lot of good changes come from this. And, you know, guys like you and, you know, organizations like the Thunderwolves and all the other guys in the area that are, are doing it right, I think are, you know, very much to thank for that. And, you know, so first, I, first and foremost, 
you know, I know I appreciate it. I hope our, you know, our listeners do too, but, uh, you know, I, I do think it's, it's something that is it, as much as it sucks, there is a big time silver lining to it. Of course, I, going back to your last point, you know, a couple minutes ago, you had said if there was one team in the area that had all of the great players on it, um, I think in a year like this, this would be the only team affected um, because, you know, then you'd fall back on, on your local leagues and, and they'd put something together that'd be absolutely compliant. Um, you know, that this, would, this was the year of the House League, if there was any, um, which unfortunately there wasn't. Um, but it's, that's just the evolution of the game. And, and uh, we all, as travel organizations, had to find a way to fix it um, and find a way to give our guys the best opportunity to play. And, and the silver lining in it all is, is now we have the, uh, the resources and we have the knowledge um, and, and the people running the tournaments and, and running the programs, making the plans for all these families have the experience now of, of having to deal with something like this, which makes, uh, you know, a normal year so much easier to handle. Right. Um, throughout the course of the summer, you know, I, I know I've heard a lot of different stories from a lot of different spots about different issues with, you know, the, the rules to return to play. What, what was like, what was expected of you guys on a daily basis? Like, you know, just, you know, you show up for a game, like what was expected of you guys just to be sure that everything was good and everything like, and you guys could play? Uh, it was a phenomenal job by all the people in charge. Um, like uh, the, the, all the tournament directors knew exactly what was going on. Um, they, they held us accountable for rules uh, that we had to follow. Um, and, and a lot of it was, it had to be a lot of the honor code. Um, and I think guys came together in the, in the goodness of the game to keep the game going and, and not to jeopardize, you know, you know, players with the opportunity to play because they just didn't want to follow any, any stringent, they may be rules. Um, you know, we, we made sure we had sanitization uh, at, the, at the fields. We made sure guys were social distancing um, as much as we could, especially in large groups. You know, like I said, we have a team of 30 guys. So, you know, during our practices, we made sure that they were never really in big groups um, and, and never, you know, within more than six feet of, of a guy, especially, you know, in the beginning. Um, as, you, as, as things normally do, they sort of become laxed as, as time goes on and, and people start to forget. But, you know, as a, as, as a whole, I thought local baseball, you know, I, we, we were in the uh, New Era Cap Classic this year. And, um, you know, Neil Turvey, Rich Wozniak, um, they, did a, they did a phenomenal job of, of at least giving us the resources that we needed to keep, to keep everyone safe. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was, it was well run. And, and if we didn't have those clear directions, I know I didn't have the time to go read all the state mandates. Um, to try to not, uh, you know, I'm not one for reading that kind of article. Yeah, especially uh... – if, if they're written anything like legal code normally, it's good luck because I, it'll make your head spin. But, uh, you know, I, I, it was interesting seeing like a couple of games that I was able to get out to see this summer, you know, watching a coach walk up and down the sideline with, you know, I know at least in, uh, in the AAA Muni League, they had to walk up and down the sidelines with a thermometer and take everybody's temperature before the game. And, you know, seeing lawn chairs lined up down the, outfield fence lines, you know, for guys to be social distanced and everything else. And, you know, hear, hearing stories from, you know, oh, at this park, you know, somebody threw a fit because somebody wasn't wearing a mask, but they were about to go on the field. It just 
just the weird nightmare of this year. I can only imagine what it went through. And, you know, I, I, I can, I can only imagine what, you know, what next year is going to look like. Hopefully it's somewhat back to normal. But uh, the other thing that we could very well have to combat with next year is the possibility of a spring football season, which I am not looking forward to. Yeah, I think it's uh, as a baseball player in high school, during the fall, I played golf. Um, that was, uh, that was my sport. I sort of stayed out of the limelight in the fall because that was the time for the, the football guys to, to get their, to get their recognition as they should. It's, it's the, it's the sweetheart of all the sports, um, at least on the guy side uh, at every high school, you know, you have a whole, you know, spring dance and pep rally, you know, revolving around the football season, which is fine. Um, but it's going to be difficult for, for spring sports to sort of compete with that and, and, uh, and, and for the baseball guys to give up their, their reign of, of the spring. Um, but I think it's, it's unfortunate sometimes that, that, you know, our season had to get canceled and, and unfortunately the, the fall season had to get canceled. So, you know, I understand the, the side of trying to get all the sports in and, and trying to do as much as we can to, to let every player play. Uh, and I think that's, that's what you have to come back to is we're not all baseball players, not all soccer players, and some people have – some people have their vision as a, as a running back or a wide receiver um, or defensive lineman for that matter. And, and that's, you know, they deserve an opportunity to play. And if the spring is the time that they get that opportunity, then so be it. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you going back to when I played, I mean, I, I, my two big sports were football and baseball. And I, I can honestly tell you if I had to choose between the two at one point, I don't know what my choice would have been. Um, Baseball is and always has it always has been always will be my first love, but I was built to play football, and you know that was always that that would that was tough to walk away from. Um, you know, given the opportunity, I mean, that was where my first college athletic opportunity came from as well. So, you know, looking at these kids, like if you're if you're a guy, I mean, I had a couple guys at Lancaster last year that going into their senior year were up in the air of, am I going to play college baseball or not? Am, I get to play college baseball or I also might have the opportunity to play college basketball. And all of a sudden both of those got wiped out. And now you might have a kid in the same boat. And now we're going to put all three seasons from January to the end, like, like the middle of June. And, you know, if you're a three sport athlete, I'm, I'm sure something has to give. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, being a three sport athlete um, and you said you were a two sport, I was a three sport um, it was, it's, it's sort of becoming not a lost art, but like sort of a, uh, a blast from the past. You, you don't see a lot of three-sport athletes now. Um, and it might be a blessing just because this year would be very difficult to be a three-sport athlete. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's something that, that high schoolers should still consider. Um, you know, I think it's good for the body to play different sports. I think it's good for the mind to play different sports. It keeps you refreshed. Um, obviously, if you want to specialize, if you think you have – um, a, a, a true opportunity and you've given yourself, um, you know, the credit that to do to have that opportunity to play college sports at, at, a, at a particular sport. Um, maybe you, you sort of uh, preface one over the other um, and, and make sure that you're spending just a little bit more time, but I don't think there's anything wrong with, with high schoolers playing basketball, football, and baseball, or golf, hockey, and baseball, golf, hockey, and soccer, whatever it may be. Um, to, to, you know, at least get the full experience as an athlete out of high school. Uh, that's the rule of threes, you know, 3% of high school athletes play college, college sports. Um, and that's in any sport really. And I know there's numbers that are less, but 
you know, 3% of college at or high school athletes playing college sports. I mean, if you're not in that 3% and you didn't play another sport because you wanted to be in that 3%, uh, that might be something you look back on a couple of years from now and, and, and maybe view as a mistake and, and something you would do over again if you had the chance. Yeah, and I mean, I can, I can speak from personal experience on that one. You know, I went to uh, – I ended up going to Ball State to play football. And a couple of years later, I walked away from football, and I actually had the opportunity to try to walk on at Fredonia. And had it not been for a couple of herniated discs in my back, I probably would have been able to do so. But, um, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that without playing both sports. And actually, to be honest with you, I was actually a three-sport athlete for one year. I did, uh, I did swim, and if you – if you follow this, my Twitter account, you've seen people kind of lay into me a little bit about that for different reasons, but that's here nor there. But, uh, you know, my, like I said, my big two are football and baseball. And if you, you know, if you see me in person, you understand why, because, you know, again, I'm built to play football. But, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine having to make a choice, you know, and going into this year and saying like, hey, you know, you're, we're going to start football in March, we're going to start baseball in May, and it's going to be tough to do both. Because, you know, both, I, I, you know, baseball is not the type of sport that you can just pick up. I mean, it, you know, I mean, there, and there were guys that used to do it back, you know, especially back in 03, 04, 05 when I was in high school. You know, you'd have guys who would dust off their glove from the last time they touched it, which was probably the first week of August when house ball ended. And, oh, I got to dust my glove off because tryouts are Monday. You know, that, that doesn't happen anymore. And it's not the sport that can, that can be a thing anymore just because of the, intense competitive nature of it and go, I, I also couldn't imagine going from a football practice to a baseball game you know just because they're going to overlap if that's the case and that's going to be a thing so I, I I don't envy the decision I don't envy the thought of having to do it but I'm also hopeful that maybe we get to a point where that's not the case too because you know I mean, we, we just talked about all the great things that are going to come and have come of this despite the crappy nature of this year. And, you know, now we're talking about something that can potentially be, you know, a shot to the, a shot to the heart of, of the game, you know? Yeah. The situation I think has, has taken, uh, has taken on a life of its own. That's going to affect athletics for, um, for decades. Uh, it, even if it would go back to normal, normal in quotation marks uh, next, next year even, um, if there was no remnants of the coronavirus uh, pandemic on our hands next year, athletics will be affected for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Um, it's just the way that it's going to be. Like you're asking, you're asking college kids to, to decide whether or not they want to come back for their senior year, which is gracious. Um, but I think that a decision like that affected millions um, instead of thousands. You know, I, I think it's unfortunate the situation that happened this year for college seniors, uh, but by but by allowing them another year, you're you're affecting millions more into the future. Um, and again, it's just a decision that was made. We have to go along with it. Uh, we have to adapt to it. But I, I, again, I you know I don't envy that decision. Um, I think it affects more than than they wanted to at first. And then the the decision to have to choose between you know a couple sports. I mean, if you're you're a good football player and a good baseball player, you know, what, where's the decision coming from? Um, and even a swimmer, Jaws, I did not know you're a swimmer. And that's an interesting <laughs> fact that I'll, that I'll take was, with me from the show and, and shout out to Fredonia, Fredonia college, uh, SUNY school, coach Palestine and the baseball program has a bright future. My associate uh, coach, Matt Anderson, 
Um, is a big fan, went to Fredonia for four years, uh, loves going there, you know, hoping for an opportunity to maybe coach there at the next level. But uh, we own Western York Baseball Development together, and he's, he had a great experience. He's a smart guy from Fredonia. But that's, uh, that's uh, has a nice place in my heart. Had a, lot of, uh, had a lot of fun there on the weekends, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you and me both, my friend. Um, you know, that was I, – I can tell you that transferring to Fredonia saved my college career as, as, a, as a student too. Um, you know, I, I didn't like where I was at, at Buff State, and, you know, I, I made the choice for myself. And obviously the ability to try to walk on the baseball team um, played, a, played a factor on that. But, uh, yeah, that was – you know, I, it, it was definitely a great three years for me over there. Um, I did lose almost a year worth of classes because uh, Buff State made, a, made their athletes take these – adjusting to college as a college athlete classes that didn't transfer. They were like institution only classes. So that kind of sucked, but I got an extra year over there, but uh, you know, the, the extra year thing is, you know, I mean, at bare minimum, that's going to cause a recruiting backlog for five years. What it's going to do is it's going to make Juco sports really good. Oh my God. Um, it's going to be insane. You know, I think, uh, I think coach Klingersmith over at on trip is, is, uh, is drooling every single day. I talk to him. <laughs> about uh, about you know the future that lies in in uh, JUCO baseball, especially um, you know like I said, it's it's the backlog is and like you said, the backlog is going to only make those programs better. Um, it's going to make college baseball better as a whole, as as far as uh, you know as talent wise, along with the the changing of the MLB draft. Um, it, it's going to make for a lot of changes in in the college baseball world and and. Uh, I guess I can only be excited to watch. I'm not no. I'm no longer competing as a college athlete or trying to become one. Um, so I can just sit back and watch uh, watch the magic of of all these players come through the area and and, and play for junior colleges and, and local colleges that you know otherwise you know might have been drafted or or might have played for bigger schools. Um, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch, uh, but I I feel for the guys that are trying to compete for those spots because it's going to be a grind. Yeah, and I that. That's the good, the good part of the backlog is you're going to see, you know, because the, you know the D1 rosters are going to be backlogged. That's going to push you know really talented players to go to JUCOs to try to get a leg up, and it's going to push really talented guys that maybe would have went to a JUCO that don't have a spot to a D2 a D3 school, and it's going to bolster those levels as well. And you're going to start seeing really really good college baseball at all levels. And the other part of it is. I mean, we've seen a good handful of college programs drop their baseball teams, which just re it just reinforces that backlog and that you know that that log jam of talent because you know when you see a school like you know I I don't I don't I thought I saw something where between boosters and donations they were able to save it maybe I'm mistaking it but when you see like a Bowling Green lose their program, that's an entire roster full of guys that are looking to play somewhere else, you know. The same, um, you know, you see guys like that, you see programs like that, that are, you know, maybe threatening to go down or, or actually do go down. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad to see those are opportunities that those guys thought they were going to have for four plus years. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's sad to see them have to look elsewhere. Um, but even with the state of, of some schools, you're looking at a transfer portal that's filled up. Um, that you know, guys are going to have trouble transferring out of their schools because they're they might be in fear of of uh, you know 
not being able to play for their senior or junior year, or, or they might not even be able to play at all because they might be in fear of their program being dropped. It's, uh, it's an unfortunate part of this backlog and unfortunate side effect of, uh, of the coronavirus pandemic that, you know, a lot of people are paying attention to, but it, it, it seems like it's uh, only the people that are most affected by it. It doesn't seem like it's getting out to, to very many more people. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I mean, I know, uh, I, had a, I know probably a good handful of guys that were on UB's team when UB ended up uh, folding their program. And I can tell you that a good chunk of them that ended up transferring to play elsewhere were able to do so because of their year prior when, when they got seen by some programs and I'm, I'm going to speak, you know, uh, because I know Ben Hafner very well and I coached him in high school and I was coaches with us at the high school, you know, Ben got picked up by Sam Houston because he, they went down there the year before on their spring trip and he had a great series against them. And when they folded, he got a call from the coach and was like, Hey, you know, if you're looking for a spot, we'd love to have you. You're the, you're our type of guy. And, you know, Ben was afforded an opportunity at a top 25 school because of it, you know, yeah. it, the, the, the really, really sad part about it is there are guys who are not going to have had that opportunity this year that lost their program. Like they, they played a small handful of games in, you know, very, very early spring, technically not even spring if you're talking Buffalo weather, and then got shut down and, you know, maybe then got bad news that their program folded or, you know, whatever it may be. And now they're even further behind the eight ball because they, you know, don't have, they lost a year of play, you know, and then, we could talk about this all the way up, you know, the minor leagues not having a season and, you know, you started seeing, I mean, there were a good probably four to six pro players that played AAA Muni in, in, in Western New York this year. You know, the guys that should have been in as high as possibly AA and they're playing, you know, 18 and up wood bat local amateur ball this year. You know, it's, it's insane what's happened, but you know, watching that backflow of, ta of, of talent is only going to be a tell of what every other league is going to look like when we get back to quote unquote normal. Play Muni league was some of the best baseball I've watched, um, not only in the area, but in a long time. I mean, those games, uh, those games, some of them were at the Northtown center that I got to go see. I mean, those were really good games. There were guys throwing hard, making yep. plays, hitting bombs. Um, and that was as close to professional baseball as you could get during a time where, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays are in Buffalo, but they might as well be playing at, you know, Sal Magley Stadium in Niagara Falls. I mean, it's nobody can go see the game, um, but that was as close to professional baseball as you could get. Uh, and that's why I tell all my guys that come through the program, no matter what your situation is, the grind never stops. And even our committed guys, you don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, especially now. And, and it was our it was our adage going into the year with without COVID. Um, but you know, especially now, you don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, and, and you don't know what your situation personally is going to look like within the next couple of years. Um, so the grind never stops. You don't know who's watching. You don't know who's watching when you walk outside to play catch. Um, even in your neighborhood, when you when you take infield, outfield, you never know who's passing by the field, or even guys that you play against. It's a, you know, it's, it's a lesson, you know, that guys have learned this year. There are a lot of big-name coaches and, and college coaches in the area that, that have their eyes on everyone. Um, if you're playing the Thunderwolves or you're playing Western or Prospects or Academy, you know, they all have coaches that, that talk to a lot of people. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's never, this is not a silent industry. It's not an industry where guys don't talk and it's a truthful industry though. So, you know, what you put in is what you're going to get out and how you represent yourself is how you're going to be represented. Uh, and I tell our guys that every single day. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 
you know, the, the people claim that you're seven degrees separated from any person on the planet. And I can tell you that when you're in baseball, especially in this area, it's two at most because I mean, I, I was actually just up at Sal Magley two weeks ago, I believe it was uh, helping some buddies out with the tryout for their program. And I bumped into coach Claire Smith and we ended up talking and it turned out we actually played against each other in a tournament in Elmira like six or seven years ago. And, you know, we were laughing about that because, you know, it's a small world. You know, here I was, some some kid in my mid-20s just playing in a tournament, and he came in and put pitched for a team that, you know, playing for a guy that I'm now good friends with and play in Cooperstown with every year. And, you know, just this small, tight-knit world of baseball, and actually uh, turned out, you know, I was in a similar situation. I actually got to hit – well, I got to stand in the box and watch pitches go by me against Dan Savit. You know, I, I mean – you never know who you who you've seen and who you've met and look back and go, wait, that was you. And then you strike up a conversation and you know, next thing you know, you're talking about like, hey, what about this kid? What about that kid? I, hey, I saw this. Well, you know, I've I've had umpires call me about kids at my high school. You know, hey, not for nothing, but this kid, kind of kind of a jerk. You know, kind of had an attitude, kind of mouth off me a little bit for no reason. Like, and it, I think it's one of the toughest things to get, especially kids, to understand is you're always being watched always absolutely and it's uh I, I think you tweeted that out maybe about the, the degrees of separation between baseball players and the baseball community and i and i have to second that um it's uh it, it it's all too close um but yet a little bit too far for some kids to to and and, and adults for that matter um uh, to not understand that you know if, if if you make a fool of yourself on the field and and there's a coach standing there or or, or a program ambassador for that matter um, you know, at the field, and, and then you go to try out. It might not even be the player's fault. It, it might be someone else. It's, there's always someone watching, and uh, there's always someone that you know at the field, no matter how far you, away from, you are away from your, your hometown, per se. Uh, but there's all, baseball is very close, and it's a very truthful sport, like I said. There's nobody that's going to say – there's nobody that's going to make lies up about you and, and, uh, and, and try to – make you out to be someone that you're not. You're always going to be represented uh, as, as you are. Uh, and that's a lesson that I learned, and, and everyone has to learn at an early age if they want a future in the game. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I learned that, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, we all have hard coaching lessons. You know, I started coaching when I was 19. I got my first, uh, my first shot as a head coach at 20. And, you know, there, there were a few times I was either out of my league, out class, or I made – kind of an ass of myself that I had to learn from and you know that's something that I think is kind of a coming of age thing but when you talk about you know especially this day and age I mean this year probably had more coverage for summer baseball in Western New York than ever before you know between Western New York Athletics Tom Prince those guys do a fantastic job with their presentation um, you know Melissa from Icing the Fed live tweeting games sometimes to a night almost every night of the summer you know just, there's always someone somewhere that's you know oh i heard something happen you know i've had people reach out to me at a game i was at because my game finished prior and i hung around to watch a little bit hey were you there for this what did you see you know i mean the the, the umpire group in this area is tight-knit they all talk you know they they talk to other coaches, you know, it, it's insane. And, you know, now, now with like live streaming and live coverage of games, it's even more so, you know, you don't, 
you don't have to be at the game. You can see it two days later because it's on, you know, it's on the internet somewhere. It's on Facebook, YouTube, you know, and even, even I, you know, took a, took a step toward that this year and gave my, uh, my pilot test run to live commentating a game, which had its own hiccups, but still, I mean, it was still something that, you know, even, you know, I was talking to the, the coaches that were involved in that game and they were like, yeah, we just want to be sure that, you know, everything is done right because we don't want to look bad because it's going to be live. And, you know, that was, it was a cool so experience. Much. Josh, there's so much energy behind those live stream games and, and what's going on with icing the fed and, and the guys really like playing and, and going along with what that whole narrative is. And it, it's fun to see, uh, you know, shout out Lancaster kid, uh, Jared Volker, I think was on icing the fat four or five times last weekend. Uh, and he was hilarious to watch. Um, but it, you know, that's just a guy that, that plays for me and, and loves the game of baseball. And, you know, we have 29 other guys like that on our roster and, and, it, and it makes the game fun to go to. It makes guys want to go to the game and, but it also makes you behave like you said, and, and know that there's infinite amount of people watching you now and, and you could end up anywhere. And, and a lot of times this might be, players chances to get recognized um you know from a college level or or even a pro level if for that matter um it, it might be your only chance to get recognized because you know because of the blackout periods and because of restrictions and recruiting and this might be your chance you know you have a good game on tv you never know where it might be but you know if you if you embarrass yourself or your organization um or uh you, you know your family or you might not have a good game you don't handle it the right way that's also being watched um i always say to players, if, if you're being recruited and someone's there to watch you, they probably know how good you are already. They're kind of, they might want to see how you react when the chips are down or, or you might not, you know, get the, the results you wanted out of the work that you put in. That's, that's half the battle, if not more, um, for Absolutely. me, of a, of a player recruitment. You know, and you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Jared or JT, as I like to call him. He, uh, I, I don't know, there's something, there's got to be something in the water out here in Lancaster because, between him, Jason Manziel, Nick Castellana, um, you know, Ben Farrell. I mean, we, we've had quite a few, and it, it actually started with uh, a couple other – a couple of a pair of brothers from Lancaster. One went to St. Mary's, played at N-Trip, and is now at Canisius, and the other one, you know, went to Lancaster, now at ECC, the, uh, the Barbario boys. Kind of had just – were naturals at the whole icing the Fed post-game interview thing, and it seems like every time I see one, there's a Lancaster kid – holding the mic and, you know, running the show. But I don't, I don't know what, what we put in the water out here, but apparently that's something that the, those boys like to do. But, uh, you know, I, again, it's, it's unparalleled. It's, it's never been like this. You know, it's something that every time I turn around, you know, between icing the Fed and Western Athletics, those guys just step the game up, every, you know, every chance they get. And, again, obviously there's hiccups. You know, their you know, live streams get interrupted. You know, phones die, service goes down, stuff like that. You know, it's something I mean, I did it once so far, and it, I had the same issue. Um, you know, I can tell you that the hotspot on my cell phone is not strong enough to live stream the game. But uh, you know, so I, it's you know, but it's it's a learning curve, and every you know, I I'm excited to see what it looks like next year because it's only going to get better, and these you know people are going to find better ways to do it the same way that you know baseball has found ways to be better this year in Western New York. It's uh, it's definitely a testament to to Tom Prince and the guys over at Western York Athletics to how much work actually goes into that, as you just explained. You know, there's a lot of technology and work that goes into that, and um, you know, for whatever cause they're doing it for, the goodness of 
of Western New York athletics, high school baseball, travel baseball for that matter. I, I want to thank them a lot. And, and whatever fertilizer you guys put over here in Lancaster, you got Max Giordano, like you said, Castellana, um, you know, JT. Those are all phenomenal baseball players. Like you said, the Barbario brothers. I mean, it's not only are they great, great interviewers, good with the media. They're uh, great clubhouse guys. They're, they're great for the team morale. And they're also phenomenal on the baseball field and, and awesome to watch on a daily basis, all of them. Um, it's just, uh, like you said, it's, it's a deep, deep high school baseball program. Um, and it's, uh, it's always, always someone you don't want to see come uh, sectional time. Yeah, we, we like having that reputation. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh... I'm sure it's, uh, it's, a <laughs> reputation that I, it's a reputation that I loathe currently uh, as a Weefield coach. But it's, uh, it's something that you always uh, envy because you want it to be you someday. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, we, we were sitting in that boat not too long ago. I can tell you that much. And it, it was, you know, when I, when I played at Lancaster, that's how it was. You know, it was the, oh, we got to play Clarence today. Oh, we got to play North today. Oh, now we got Orchard Park. What a rough week. You know, and then, I mean, it, it, it hasn't changed much. All of those teams are very competitive every year, and it's been like that for a while. And it was, you know, us. We had to step our game up to compete with them. is essentially what it became. And, you know, Mark Alfonso there, the head guy, does a fantastic job, and you know, he makes my life and job super easy, I can tell you that much. So, but uh, anything uh, anything else here for the uh, the good of the order? Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on the show. Um, I've been listening to it for a while, like you said in the beginning. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, uh, it's something I was excited to get the opportunity to, to do, and um, I want to thank the Thunderwolves, uh, you know, Coach Klingersmith, Coach Zemecki, Coach Wayne, um, and I, again, my, my associate, Coach Anderson, for, you know, for allowing me to represent the program on the podcast. And, and Derek, I want to thank you again for the opportunity. It was awesome to be on the show. Love to have you, Manny. You're welcome back anytime. Like I said, I, you know, any, anybody else uh, in your organization that you know that wants to come on and have a, have a chat with me about anything baseball, I'm more than down for it. So just uh, have them reach out and let me know. I always like talking baseball. Uh, it's, it's the best sport on earth, and I just hope to keep developing it in the area. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, man.